Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's upset me that it's gotten so commercialized, so Hawaiian lures used to be the secret. Mm -hmm. My brother and I grew up in Hawaii, and we would went to Guatemala and that was our niche. That mm-hmm. was our little secret, you know. Some guys got different daisy chains and squids. We had the Hawaiian lures. But now any Dick Mo or Jerry can <laughs> yeah. get a Hawaiian lure up from right. from Melton's. Yeah. Right. And get our secret, you know. Cuz it's gotten commercialized. Oh, okay. Different color patterns. Skirt, so that's what skirt set you apart in Guatemala in the beginning, you think? In the be- well I mean, every every captain's different. They yeah, got sure. You know, they turn left, they turn right, they put the lure this position. But Hawaiians love the action that you put the you know two feet higher, two feet back, two feet in, two feet out. You know, the little stuff, the mm-hmm. color, a pink, an orange added to the skirt. You know, this added wiggle. So sure, the, the Hawaiian lure makers had that niche. Yep. Versus everybody else had a mold craft or, uh, you know, the commercial stuff back then, which was, Seven it all Strand. ran the same. Seven yeah. Strand and those guys, yeah. Seven but Strand, yeah. There was, you know, but there is, a, there's, there's a lot to fish in particular lures a certain way. There's no doubt about it. It's, and I, I've had some Hawaiian guys, you know, that made it for me in Madeira and stuff. And, and, uh, it was always interesting to see the nuance that they put into it. Some of it's uh, a little bit of black science. And, right, uh, right. you know, and, 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 and that believing mentality. in something, believing that, in something, you know, uh-huh. yeah, you pull it long enough, you're yeah. going to see fish, yeah. you know, right. But, you know, there's all kinds of little tricks, you know, like, I mean, you can, you know, toothpick a lure to make it go one way or another. Oh man. Yeah. When we had, when we had, Bo, when, we had <laughs> when, we, when we had Bo Stop. on the show, when we had Bo on the show, <laughs> Bo Jennings and, yeah. and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, got oh, a no. great pedigree as a lure. Yeah, you don't have any goat stories. So Bo had lots of goat stories. I was a mate, I was mate for a year. I mean, majority of my time in Hawaii was as a mate uh-huh and toothpicks i had a ton of toothpicks yeah. but no one 
I went in Guatemala running a boat, and we, my mate, I remember seeing a lure spin. It'd spin this way, and it'd spin that way, and I'd tell the mate, like, adjust it. They didn't know how to I adjust no it. Idea. No. I was like, give me a toothpick. Uh-huh. And bam, had that yeah. sucker running straight. I'm like, how did you do that? I'm like, well, it's spinning this way. So if, usually if you're, you're pinning the hook. You create resistance, right? Well, you're, you want to pin the hook up. Mm-hmm. To force the hook up because the f- the hook will, oh man, uh, <laughs> a closed hook will, I believe, run down. An open will f- usually run up. So if your first hook and back then it would be a double hook rig, mm-hmm. so the your open would be first and your close would be last. If you pin the first up, it would force it to run straight. Right. And if it peels to the to the right, then pin the hook more to the right to force it to the left. I think that's a perfect time to say thank you, Mike Shooter. <laughs> Welcome to the Connected by Water podcast. Sorry, that's too powered much. Powered <laughs> by Joey Cardi Dodge Jeep Ram and fueled by our very good friends at Papa's Pop PLR Rum, who remind you never to be a spectator. We are drinking rum at the table today. It is the week between Christmas and New Year's currently as we lay down a little bit of history here, and I'm honored to have you in here. Glad to be here. Um, all the way from Guatemala, and uh, thank you very much for joining us. I, of course, have my co-host with me, the legendary Captain Carl Anderson. Um, we got Yanni here behind the uh, behind the turntables, and um, we have a guest bartender today in Lacey. How's Hatter, it going, my Dennis? My good friend Lacey, how are you? Filling in for Carlene today, and uh, it's awesome having you here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad I convinced you to get behind the mic. So <laughs> I won. It's cool. So. <laughs> Um, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. I'm sure we're going to, you're going to be sharing a lot of things today. And, you know, um, I was, I want to start off this whole thing like this. Okay. You wake up in the morning, you read something, you see something on your phone. Right. But I was like last night thinking, man, you know, Mike Sheeter is going to be in the gallery tomorrow. I'm like, and I usually don't get like. I don't want to say nervous, but like thinking about what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do for this episode. You know what I mean? It's like, it's going to be like, man, I got to make sure that I'm on point or like this. And I'm like, but usually I step into these and I, I have nothing in my head and we just organically do this. Okay. And that's how we do it. That, right. That's what the show is all about. I'm good but with I, organic. But I did present some, I did prepare a little something today. I see because, those notes. So this, there. well, this is just one note, right? So this morning I was, I just opened up my phone and I saw this video. Oh, and it was from all people, Nick Saban. Okay, which I'm not a big Nick Saban fan. All right, but we're, we're doing he, football or well, no, 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 or fishing. We're, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing elite. All right, all right, oh, and and he is elite, right? He's like best of the best here, right? When it comes to college football coaches, right? So he said something in this video that I wanted to get your take on. All right, and. I'm going to read it to you. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing here because I was just taking notes of the video as I was going along. So it's not verbatim word for word. And it says we have about five choices in life. We can be bad at what we do, average at what we do, be good, be excellent, or elite at what we do. Everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do it. doesn't matter if you have a God-given ability. That can probably make you good. But if you want to be excellent or elite, you have to have a special intensity in you. You have to have a special commitment and do things at a high level and a high standard 
all the time. Without that dedication, I'm not sure you'll ever get to elite or excellent. What's your take on that? Given looking back at your career so far and all the great things that you've accomplished and even this year being the top captain for the uh, most specific sailfish releases, right? Being, being honored by the Billfish Foundation this year. That's an elite thing. All right. What's your take on the work that it takes that you have to put into doing and achieving this? Well, it's not overnight, but I don't, I don't know if I can compare myself to Nick Saban or anything like well, that. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying that, that, <laughs> that that's the quote that really kind of triggered me. Maybe right, it was the right, word right, intensity right. that he threw in there, you know, that really made me think, oh, well, intensity. Right. I mean, I guess when it comes to fishing, you just, you always want to be better. I mean, I mean, I'll tell guys, I'm a charter fisherman, mm-hmm. so I take guys fishing some guys that never fished before some guys that fished a whole bunch but i got a new set of guys every three days and i tell them if you're not learning you know if every day you're not learning something then it's time to do something else mm-hmm. you know even myself i maybe i've seen thousands of sailfish and thousands of marlin but every day that rolls by i feel like there's something new that you're you know i should be if I'm not learning something, I should be learning something. Right. And there's like a mental clock happening, you know. That fish came up on this lure, this teaser. Yep. Why? You know, whether it was the color, the sun, you know, it was the uh, it was a rising sun and the, the sun was on the port side and it came up on a dark lure when it should have came up on a I thought a, a bright, lure, you know. It's always trying to better yourself day to day yeah i guess i mean that's the way i look at it and if if you don't think you're getting better or learning something every day then it's time to move on yeah man yeah that's a good answer i mean i'm always drawing parallels and this is part of the reason why i even paint fish in the first place because i see a direct parallel between fishing and art um and to what you can achieve uh, fish after fish trip after chip versus painting after painting or job after job, client after client, you know, whatever. It, there's so many parallels there. And people always ask me, like, oh, are you happy with that one? Like when I finish a new painting. And, you know, my answer is always like, eh, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And people think I'm trying to act humble, but that's the truth. You know what I mean? I'm I, really I, like. That seems right. I mean, fishing. If we have, if we went out and caught 40 sailfish and two blue marks, did you have a good day? Usually my answer is like, eh, but it could have been better. Right. Yeah could have been better yeah and i try to take something that i learned during the process of that painting and bring it into the next one like whether it's like if i blended a color too fast or if i would have just taken my time on that tail a little bit more it would have turned out differently like in the leading steps that because there's layer upon layer upon layer to make a painting it's not just whip on a color and critiquing yourself good right and behind that one dark blue there's four five sometimes 10 other layers of blue that built it up to look that way. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like when you approach like a big fish, you right. know, there's so many things that go into more than just getting the hook in the mouth, you know, what I mean? and it's, yeah, right. that's just what people see. They see the fish jumping and they have a great time. They but, see the end result, not yeah. what led up to that. Yeah. And it's the same when they're looking at a painting, Right. you know, and then, you know, but there'll also be times when I'm, I'll look at a painting and just 
you know, at, right as I'm done with it, maybe I'm not 100% happy with it. And I'll just not see the painting for like two years. And then I'll go back to the my buddy's house, the guy that bought it or, or something like that, or actually see the painting in the flesh again two years later and be like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. And you're right, like, right. oh, I guess I did do a good job on yeah. it. You yeah, know? yeah, and, yeah. And then, so you could look back in your memories and just see like, oh, I guess that was a pretty good day of fishing. Right. Yeah, you no, know? exactly. And, but that day you're probably just like, man, you're so fresh on everything that went into it. You're like, hmm. I think I could have improved there. Yeah, that's interesting. Always room for improvement. Yeah. So, but looking back, like you just said, it's sometimes imperfection is perfection. I guess. Yeah. Do you uh, do you keep a, a real detailed logbook? Uh, as I do, as far as raises, releases, bites, stuff like that. But yeah. honestly, I don't because it's. I don't want to say I have too much, but man, I go through. Even a slow day of fishing, I'm sitting there thinking, 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 you know, yeah, what see. what should be the, I, I got this out right now, and I'm here right now, I'm trolling this speed, this ain't, but I should be doing this. Maybe I should be over there. It's like too much to log down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, I try and take a mental note, but it's like I got a million, million different theories and. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone's yeah. got their way. You know, it's like we had um, Captain Elmer in here, um, Elmer Pilon, and he's down in Chukaluski, and he's more inshore fly and everything like that. And man, it's like he's got a whole laptop of like every day in a spreadsheet. Of man, that particular I should notes. be do- I wish and I could. Some do dudes that. are like that. I wish though. I could. I'm not do wired it. like that. I I'm wish, not. I wish I could. But it takes the fun out of it if you're like logging, yeah. throwing all that stuff. Yeah. I just want to, I don't want to say I want to <clears> wing it, but. I don't know. Well, I think I, I, I want to keep the fishing, you know, yeah, into no, it. Yeah, no, I know? keep the, the 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 thing. The key word is fun. Yeah, right. right, right but right. for him, I think that's fun. And again, yeah, you know, if but, you're not learning, yeah, you shouldn't if, be doing something. But if yeah. you're not having fun, that's yeah. another another one you should be. That's probably the else. takeaway from that. I would say is like if you're not having fun taking those notes, then just don't do it. Oh. Yeah. You know, because that's you know. And sometimes you and sometimes you overthink it. So my mates that have worked me for years, I generally keep quiet in the morning. Mm-hmm. I let them put out whatever they, whatever they want. And then I'll speak up when I feel like... Time to make a... Time, time, yeah, you know what? I've seen enough over there. Or in the morning, I'll say, put the dark on this side. Put the light on that side. Okay. You know, and, and see what happens. And Qu- quiet it's, master it's, guidance. Right, but it's funny because now... So, like, I have a mate that's worked for me for 13 years. I don't have to say anything anymore. And I've never even told him my theory. And he puts the dark on this side and he puts the light on that side mm-hmm. almost every morning. He knows. So he's almost worked into that groove. But but I don't want, you know, you're like a mad scientist trying to figure out things and let things flow and gather information. What's the old saying? You don't outthink something that can't think? Meh. That's, <laughs> that's exactly it. You know, right? It's, it's like, just, you know. That's unfortunate, kinda, but yeah. yeah. You know. That's yeah. funny. It gets embarrassing sometimes. Can, you overthink it. You it's funny. It. I've seen it before on a bite where it's like, dang it, why can't I get this bite? Mm-hmm. And I skipped over it. You know, it's like it was this, but I thought of it at the beginning, but I didn't give it enough time, you know. Right. Sometimes you just got to let it go. Yeah. And it'll, yeah. it'll show itself, you know. No, it's another painting parallel, too. You could definitely overthink a painting. Yeah. You can definitely overwork a painting, too. That's exactly. for sure. That's where that comes in. Yeah, absolutely. So you're originally from Hawaii. Originally from Hawaii, right. And you were talking before the show, uh, Honolulu guy, right? right. And, and then, But you would fish out of Kona. Right. So my, my 
brother who passed away recently. Right. Um, yeah, and I definitely up, want to mention your brother on the okay. show today. Yeah. So we grew up in uh, Honolulu or Oahu. Mm-hmm. Kiwala Basin is uh, where he started off, and he brought me into that. And a guy that uh, we worked for had uh, several boats, and they would he would take a boat to Kona for the tournaments and stuff like that. So he'd bring myself. Well, originally my brother, and then. Yeah, you started myself. doing that at a very young age. Did you like sixteen? I think it was something like that. Uh, I think it was actually fourteen or fifteen. Really? Yeah, yeah. On the weekends, my brother would, uh, you know, he got his first captain's job, and and he would say, "Hey, be my deckhand for the weekend." I was mm-hmm. like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, sure. <laughs> With your big brother. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a tip included? <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, I think he took Am my. I gonna get paid? I think he took my ticket. To be honest, <laughs> it was a freebie. Oh, that's he, funny. He, so that's probably you the pay your why dues, the, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's actually, cool. uh, and I worked for uh, Eric Resnick. Uh, he, he uh, okay with the Loha Lures. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he smash bait, smash bait, one of the all time greats. That's yep. uh, uh, He took that and made it. Yep. made it right. Yep. But he was uh, a captain on the boat right next to the boat uh, my brother was on. It was called Blue Nun. Okay. And he was starting off, and he needed a mate one day. And we, I, remember, I still remember that day. We caught, I think, striped marlin, a blue marlin, and a couple of my mice. Yeah. I think I was 14 or 15 years old. You know, it's funny because, you know, you know the names, you know the guys, right? I'm so stoked to have you here today and, like, meet you in person and you know i i wish i could say the same about your brother that i was able to meet him but you know i talked to him a couple of times on social because he's a great yeah. photographer yeah yeah um and, and i would always know that notice that as you know artist to artist and all the great shots that he always took i, I can't believe the shots he got yeah. while he was driving the boat yeah it's, while he's yeah. driving the boat I, I, exactly. I don't know how that's possible i know it was so excellent. i would always admire that about him and you know it's just like man how'd you get that and we would just talk shop sometimes and um, that's how i knew him and because um, I noticed, I noticed him as an artist first, and you know, the right. captain second. You know, but that's just my nature, oh. right? Um, but uh, I don't know what the hell I was going to. Oh, so you really, you, you kind of like, even though you know guys, you know their names. Like, I still wanted like maybe do like a little reading up on you before you come in. And I was really impressed. I learned some things this morning that I didn't know about you, um, about your all seas. Um, Oh, unlimited. The the, the unlimited seat, yeah. The right, right, license, right. I and mean, that's pretty impressive um, to have that. And then, to, you know, and it's saying that, you know, all the um, the work you've done on the cargo ships in, in Central America, and, you know, and there was a comment and a line in there that says there's really no other captain in Central America that knows more about um, running the ship than you do. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, well, it's... <clears throat> I'll back it up a little bit. It was actually when my brother and I kind of separated a little bit is he went the, uh, the fishing route mm-hmm. and I mean, it worked out for him. Um, but in Hawaii, the, the fishing doesn't really end up paying very well. Right. It's not a great profession in Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. Why, boat, you, why is that? Charter boat captains have a tough life yeah. in Hawaii. I mean, I don't want to offend anybody in Hawaii, but, it's it's tough. You, you, if you want to do what you love in Hawaii, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's the the rates are are dirt cheap. But so he went that route because that's what he wanted to do. And I kind of was behind them. Saw the captains that we both fished for that either were retired 
uh, uh, Navy guys, you know, a lot of retired guys as a second job, but the guys that was making it their profession, they were having a tough time. So I decided to go to college, but you know, what's the best option? I, I went to a maritime academy. Which and, one? Uh, Cal, Cal Maritime. Cal Maritime? Yeah. yeah. Growing up in Hawaii, man, it was, yeah. it was scary leaving Hawaii. Yeah. When you live on, if you know anybody from Hawaii that lived there, they're actually scared to leave the Are island. Are they really? Yes. I, what, what about, um? I heard about this uh, island fever. Well, it's like, not is, that, like, is that like a real thing? Like where people like sometimes they just need to get off the island? No, I, I, I think it's the opposite. It's the opposite. I mean, it's a, it's a paradise there. You, yeah. You, I mean, there's actually guys that I grew up with in high school that haven't left that island to go to another island. Wow. They've never been off the island? No, yeah. It's, why wow. would you? I mean, you, you got, you're living on a paradise. <laughs> yeah, you for know? sure. And it's, so growing up there, I, 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 remember, I, I don't even know if I had a pair of jeans or, you know, I grew up going to school with flip-flops on. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, you grow up and you walk to the beach or you take your bicycle to the beach yeah. or you go fishing off the cliffs. I mean, you got everything that you need right there on yeah. an island. So now I got to decide to go to college and I go to, you know, San Francisco. And I'm, I mean, I, I was legitimately scared. Like culture shock, huh? Yeah, it's huge culture shock. Yeah. Fog. What the hell is fog? Fog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... It, so now I'm in America, and I got to wear a uniform. I had, to, I had long hair back then. I had to chop that off. <clears throat> so, anyways, I had to. I guess I did the long term thing. My brother was definitely doing the 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 fishing. You know, this is what he loves to do in Hawaii. In Hawaii, so okay. we actually went to Midway. So he actually upset our parents because he went to Midway Atoll, which yeah. was a huge thing. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know anything Giant about Midway. Dude. Yeah, yeah, big, big fish there. It's shut down since then. Thank, thank God I did listen to my brother, not my parents. Mm-hmm. I actually followed him to Midway, and was his mate for a season or two. And uh, before I went to the maritime, I could remember to this date. I was chopping my hair off in Midway Atoll to go to the academy. And take me through that trip a little bit, if you can. I'm, I'm intrigued. On that, that Midway time, your time there. Yeah, right? have, you, have you heard about Midway? Do you know? I mean, I, I've heard on the surface more about it, and Carl definitely knows what, more what, about it than I. What boats did you guys have there at that point? Did you have those, those catamarans that Roddy took and all those guys? So there was a Glacier Bays. Glacier Bays, There yeah. was two Glacier Bays for yeah. the the giant Trevally, the yeah. Oluas. And then there was two 38 Bertrams. One was called the York. Town and the other one was the Enterprise. Enterprise after the right. American carriers. Exactly. Yeah, oh, you got. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, um, John Bone was the uh, guy doing the uh, the fishing there. Yep. And so he he got a couple uh, young captains back then. My brother was young, and uh, so I got Chris Sheeter and uh, Mike Strait. Uh, to run some of the boats, and my brother said, "Hey, man, I want to bring my 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 brother over." Charlie Stoof was there for a while, right? <clears throat> yeah, I think I was, I think I was eighteen. I, yeah, I just graduated high school, mm-hmm. and he's agreed. Oh, go ahead. And I was supposed to go to the Maritime Academy. And I remember a discussion with my parents, saying, "Hey, I know I got accepted to the academy, but 
going to postpone that for a year to go with uh, – they did not – Not like that. No. Yeah, they didn't like it. No, it was a bad thing. Probably the best decision that I right. made to – the fishing was phenomenal. The, I mean, just the people we met. I mean, there were some things on Facebook that came up that was remembering back then. And uh, David Itana was there. and Bill Boyce, all kinds Bill of Boy- oh, Actually, Bill Boyce, yeah. yeah tremendous, tremendous yeah. influence in the... A couple TV shows there. Right, yeah. right, right. I mean, it was... I mean, I was young, so I didn't know what was... I, I, I didn't know this was epic stuff that we were right, doing. Right, you're thinking that's just life, right? 18 years old. I yeah. I don't know. And and the tuna, I mean, we could go out and catch 80, 100-pound tunas, uh, you know, whenever you want. And we, I remember Chris going around them just to to not hook them up. It was a problem. Mm-hmm. Hooking tunas was a problem <laughs> because then now you're wasting time bringing yeah. in tunas. Yeah, and you're not fishing. Yeah, exactly. When you're stopped, you're not fishing. Right. So, <clears throat> and the, the majority of the marlin that we were seeing were – over 300 pounds. If we saw a fish that was under 350, it was unusual. So at, at that time, I didn't know why. Sounds uh, horrible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the inshore fishing for the giant trevallis was, I mean. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. So I eventually, I remember being at the house, the captain's house, and I was, had the maid's quarters, but that was fine. Chopping off my hair and next week going to the Maritime Academy. And I did four years. And my and it was funny because I remember planning it out. saying, you know what? I'm going to stick it out, do four years, and I'm going to go back and fish midway. But in that time, they shut it down. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So you stuck out your all four years. You're, I mean, that's tough, man. I mean. No, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I found a way there. there there's, hey, wherever you go in this world, there, <laughs> there's something to fish for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in San Francisco, I started fishing for striped bass, right, right at the Maritime Academy, and then uh, I had a little uh, skiff, a little uh, duck boat that I would take sturgeon fishing. Okay. So that kind of made me help me out. Got you through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when um shortly after high school, one of my best friends moved out to well, he went into the Coast Guard and he was stationed at Alameda. Mm, okay. Yeah. There you in, go. Every buena. Right, the little island that's between, the, that is in I the don't, middle of the Bay wait, Bridge. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> What's that? What, what time, are you, what, what year was this? Uh, well, we graduated in 92, so it'd be shortly after that. Okay, yeah. So it'd be like, okay. really, it'd be more like the 95, 1995, okay. 96. I got in trouble a few times by the Coast Guard. Then. Oh, did you really? <laughs> <laughs> College, I mean, <laughs> got pulled over by the Coast Guard. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Thought I wasn't going to graduate, but yeah. And that's a different story. No, that's there. cool. That's cool. I'm in the Maritime <laughs> Academy, man. Okay. That, that, that was a story. Don't, you, you, if I get a DUI or a, yeah, a yeah. public or a boat, you know, you know it would have ended the whole thing. Oh, I'm sure. Four years shut down right there. Gone. Yeah, no, we. Um, I would. So he, I when he was out there, I visited him like every year. Him and his wife were out there, and I fly fly out there because we would drive then to Lake Tahoe. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tahoe's and not. It's short. There's a Coast Guard base on the lake because that lake is so huge. Right, right. So we would stay there in their barracks for like 15 bucks a night, and I was able to stay with them. Right. So every year, I'd be like, oh, so, I'm going to come out every year and go so snowboarding the, with you. Uh, in Cal Maritime, the dock, there was a, uh, a Coast Guard little little boat right there. Okay. Yeah. 
They, yeah. After when you finished Cal Maritime, would you? What was your sea service like? What did you have to do to? Uh, how did you move on from there? So <clears throat> that's when I found out pretty quickly there was not that I'm a union fan, but there was a union that I could join and ship out. Basically, I could ship out when I want to. And rather than taking, you know, time off from the contract, I just served the whole contract 120 days or four months. So basically, I would ship out, do four months, and I'll be done for the year. Wow. So I, you know. Opened up your fishing season. Bingo. Right. So I timed it out for about 15, 18 years where originally it started with, I went back to Hawaii, did the summer in Hawaii, and then did the winter on ships and did that for five or six years i mean it worked out yeah pretty good Mm -hmm. and then chris again went he went from midway and he he ended up in guatemala he said hey man jim turner you know and i are open up a lodge and right we got this boat you want to come on over and uh i was like well actually i i ended up not staying four months i ended up staying like six seven months on a ship i was like you know what kind of times out good so Hell, yeah, I'll try out Guatemala for a year. Mm-hmm. So I got off that ship and ran the intensity. So it, it, when that, you're uh, when you're shipping around these places, uh, did you did you go by any place that you saw on the ship and go, I want to come back here and fish it? Whew. Oh man, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of those. Where? Um, you got to tell them about how you handlined a swordfish. Uh, that yeah, that that's one place actually, but I don't want people to go there and just fish it before me though. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, like, we're all like yeah, we're like at the edge of our seats. Going, know. is he gonna say it? <laughs> but the, the hard thing is for anybody to get there. That's well, the, so one uh, of the the thanks, first place Lizzie. was when I was on a training ship. Bora Bora was pretty sick. I remember the training. Sh- I mean, again, I was a cadet. And anytime on anything moving, I'm putting out a line. So I've on the training ship, anytime that ship was going below ten knots, I had hand lines going out and around Bora Bora. Some of the some big fish came up there. Wow. But where Lacey was going at was um uh I haven't shipped out in a couple of years for personal reasons, but before that I was on a ship that was in the Indian Ocean. Uh, took over the uh, uh, the route for Alabama. I don't know if you guys saw that movie. Yeah, about sure, Alabama. absolutely. So they were the, the guys on that ship were talking about how they got you know several routes that are eight nine knots, which is very unusual for a commercial ship yeah, to go that slow. slow. Yeah, and they were handlining. They were putting out lines and they were seeing fish. So I ended up going there just and uh, the fishing's great, but. The spot that Lacey was talking about was Kenya and Tanzania. Tanzania. Yeah. Tanzania. Tanzania. Wow. Yeah. The wow. fishing in that area. And your hand line of the sword? So, yeah. Um, well, it was all hand lining when you're underway, but the swordfish was not underway. That was drifting. It was kind of a special circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't want to give. I don't want to get anybody fired, but <laughs> um, so the captain on that ship. The, the, there's always two captains, but that one captain liked to fish. Um, not giving out any names, but 
when it comes to t- we'd leave Salala Oman, and it's the same route that the Alabama did. Yeah. To go down to Tanzania first, but we'd go end up showing up early to drop the hook and sit at anchor for a week or two because you got to show up early, basically take a card, get clearance, w- when you w- can- wait wait in line because I mean they're so messed up that their ships backed up. They've been backed up for years. Okay. Is that north of Zanzibar where you were? Uh, south of Zanzibar. South of Zanzibar. Man, how do you know that area? Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Carl, yeah. Carl, Carl knows looking. a lot of Dang. things and a lot of people. He's I'm been around looking. the block. Probably a Tenacious D song. Always looking. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, you, you, you go up, you show up. Now you take your number to sit in line to get the the dock space but mm-hmm. there's a ship at dock and there's other ships now waiting at anchor you know as a as a container ship so it ends up being about a week at anchor that you sit there and wait well from other clients and friends I've heard and reading Marlin Mag and stuff like that you know Kenya Tanzania is known for swordfish yeah. And trolling at night, and trolling like surface trolling, and seeing, you know, s- several to twenty, thirty uh, swords. I instantly think about like sword on fly when I hear that. Oh, every man. every yes, time, that's where yes, that's right? what I, I mean, that's where you would go every time. Every time I hear that, like the sword coming up to the top, uh, I'm like throw gotta, fly. Uh, I'm Guatemala. Yeah. Half of my trips are fly fishing. Right. So I've already for, ye- get for, that for years. I've already thought of trying to coerce clients to go to Tan- Zanzibar yeah. actually because Zanzibar is a place to leave and the boats are there there's, there's, boats there's, there's that, infrastructure there yeah. Yeah, yeah apparently you've been doing your research yeah uh. <laughs> I have so anyways geography is um, my thing um, it is Tanzania which Zanzibar is actually in between Kenya and uh, 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 Tan- yeah Tanzania Zanzibar right there so I convinced the captain say, hey, man, rather than going to anchor, or we go to anchor, let's leave and go to the edge while we're waiting on the line, you know? So anyways, we we pulled the hook. We go off, you know, about six miles off the edge. Um, I had used twist locks for leads. I used little kids, you know, glow sticks. Mm-hmm. Some hooks, some whatever I could piece together. Right. Tuna cord. His first night, he, you know, he he's like, "Are you promised me we're gonna catch a sword?" I'm like, "I can't promise you. I don't know what I'm doing, to yeah. be honest." Yeah. And I, I'm not a sword fisherman. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm just making this. To be honest, I'm making this shit up. Right. I just know there's supposed to be swordfish, and, and something glowing. I, I don't know, man. I, I just want to. I just want to do it. You know. There's a purple monster down there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's going to see this light, and he's going to bite it. So, we, I mean, it was like 8 o'clock, and he told me, where do we go? And I'm like, stuff I read, you're supposed to go 1,500 feet. Uh, again, I don't know much, but, you know. And he stops the ship. This is, hey, radio's down. This is where you put the X on the chart. Let's do it. And the ship's got a crew of 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Every single crew member was on the aft deck watching me put my first bait i'm like dude guys go to bed (laughs) it's not gonna happen like this you know it's not like you put the bait in the water and we're gonna catch a swordfish and literally i mean making a long story short 
in the first 10 minutes. You're hooked up. Way, way hooked up. I love I'm it. literally lowering the bait down, and I feel it bite. Oh, and I'm like, hey, guys, I think I've just got bit. And they start laughing. And so I'm like, no, okay. Uh, and I lower it down some more. To- so what are you fishing, like 400 pounds? What do you got? What, which, what, do you, what line are you using? So at that time, yeah, I think I was using four. Because when we're trolling, I was using 650. Yes. But I figured, you know, uh, maybe yeah. I should downsize a little bit. Yeah, for gotta swords. get a light leader to get the bite. Ah, yeah, four hundred. <laughs> 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 gotta get the bite, man. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Again, I don't know. <laughs> but again, I, I was just lowering down. I, I, I felt that tugs. You know, the wax. Again, I got a cord on, and I'm, I feel the wax, and it goes away. And then I lower it down, and it wax again. And then I lower it down the third time, and the the twenty pound twist lock that I was using. I had a, a, a 60 pound floss figure it would break away. Sure. It broke away. I felt the third time the tug and it pat, the, the lead was gone. I'm like, okay, I guess something alive down there is trying to eat this. But the, the, I have zero pressure. Again, just, I'm not a sword fisherman, but I've read enough and heard enough that swordfish usually do a kamikaze thing. I mean, I don't know. So I got a I got a decision to make: Do I let it sit, or do I go kamikaze myself and start pulling all this line in? So I start chucking this Pull thing. In, yeah. I mean, as quick as I can. I mean, lines cord is flying all over the, the the crew members are laughing at me. As soon as I see the light, where I should you know should be, comes tight. And now, you know, thirty forty minutes later, we we got a swordfish. Had to deal with all the bob wire and all the crap, and but so, that one. So that, did you have so a big long gaff? I mean, come on, right? Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's use a bridge gaff. Yeah, I mean, come you on, come just on, go man. to that to like, say we have a sort. It's not fish exactly here. like you're I, fishing on a 37 Rybovich here, right? You know, so so of course I was a so little. So you wear a straw little, hat. I mean, I, what's going on, old man? In the sea. Let's have it. So of course I had it planned. Well, actually, they had a gaff beforehand for the for the the. The hand lining. There was okay. a long for the twist locks on a container ship to to open up the twist locks. There's a like a thirty foot pole to open up the twist. It's this pigtail. That's okay, another story. But they actually made one of those poles and put a little gaff on the end of it. I actually beforehand had the engineers make a fly gaff. <laughs> I mean, it was like a a foot and a half gap. With yeah. you know stainless steel double reinforced banded right mm-hmm. right yeah exactly ready to roll yeah and with a with a line attached to it all the way up you know forty feet and duct tape the the gap so so we're ready we're ready but didn't they gaff it in the tail well that was a different fish so that <laughs> that that was the fir- very first night okay very first how night. big is this sword so that one was like eighty pounds okay and we ended up catching three that night wow. So wow. Now, so now we're sold. It's like, yeah. okay, this is for real. We're on. Yeah. So, so you that, start up in your game a little bit. So, well, that whole trip, you know, I did my four months because we were only in Tanzania for that short time. Blah, blah, blah. So the following year, I did a bit more research and I traveled back to the ship with some LP lights and some fluorocarbon and some, <laughs> you know, it's time to pick it up a little bit. Sure. Right? 
And uh, can you can did, did you get expense money back from the shipping company on that because oh, you were feeding the crew? <laughs> <laughs> I know how a charter fisherman thinks. I'm come trying on. to not get come this on. guy fired. Come on, man. <laughs> That's great. So actually, technically, I mean, if you don't, if you calculate how much a a ship to come off anchor, yeah. <laughs> and go 12 miles yeah. offshore it's kind of expensive yeah, so kinda i don't want to get anybody Easy, in trouble this will make it online yeah <laughs> it's uh probably more expensive than the fish is worth um so uh i forget who i contacted but they had a lot of experience in kenya tanzania i told them that we spend more time in tanzania than kenya he says well if you're there go to this place this island called uh, Latham Island and that was I think it was like 20 sub miles south mm-hmm. I'm like well that's, that's you gotta run that, that's too far man. yeah we can, I mean we're to be honest the company would I mean just what we were doing we, we were basically not that I we would do this but we wouldn't change the AIS from anchor to underway so that if the company would look it's like oh they're still at anchor they're not going to zoom in on mm-hmm. the, the satellite chart and see that we're right. six miles offshore because that's, you got to zoom in too far. We're taking that calculated risk. But 20 miles, that's a bit too much. That's a that's a hike. Yeah. yeah. So anyways. So anyways, we do that. But you did it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the place to be. That's where we go, right? Sure. So we take that calculated risk. We're taking arrival in Tanzania. And uh, our calculated risk was just to say that we were we told the port authority we're dropping the hook. Well, we didn't drop the hook. We went south, and so we just checked in and just went straight south to Tanzania or not Tanzania, sorry, Latham Island. And uh, we started fishing, and the same thing started fishing. I got one line out, and I what we were using. Now you're getting brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, 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 I have to, now we have to catch something, right? The right. second try, we we're, we're putting two lines out. I mean, you got what five hundred feet of ship. I mean, you know, like, yeah, well, yeah, cover yeah, some think, ground. Yeah. Well, I had to put everything aft, but um, yeah. So uh, the way I was doing it, I don't know if this is the proper way to do it. I was again, I was just making it up. Mm-hmm. So most of those, um, we had to fish on the surface. Can't go to the bottom. It's too much cord. You know, every they got the spectra and stuff. Yeah, I can't use spectra. Though. Yeah, yeah. So I was using cord stuff on the surface. I was using uh, those boat fenders, the those orange poly balls. Poly balls, yeah. Those big forty five. Yeah, the yeah. the big ones. Yeah, the A fives. Yeah, as bobbers. <laughs> <laughs> so I drop it. You know, I drop one down at a hundred feet, another at uh, two hundred or three hundred feet. But I was dropping one down. Got the poly ball going and uh got that away from the ship was doing my second one as soon as i got the second one set up i could see the ball moving around I'm like well shit something something's messing around with this thing you know i don't I, now i'm pulling it back in i'm like man this doesn't, doesn't feel right doesn't feel like i'm using giant squid and uh i end up saying screw it let me check it i pull it in and it's a uh it's a big old ribbon fish mm-hmm and uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you Bait. ever. So you use it 
Well, no. <laughs> I don't know if you've see, ever seen a ribbon fish before, but they're kind of scary looking. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, yeah. I, I, again, I've never touched one before, yeah. but they, they literally look like a mirror. Yeah. Right. And they, they're a thin eel. Yeah. Grow them in Hawaii. I don't like eels. And they got big old teeth, and it's hooked on this 12 0 hook. <laughs> and I was using giant squid, and I'm like looking at the squid, and the, the majority of squid is gone. I'm like, well, how does the skinny ass ribbon fish take all this? squid away i started thinking about it. i'm like well maybe it was second in line and right there out of core mile the first bait with the poly ball started moving around i'm like okay here we go and i start pulling on that i'm like well something's there it's like it loads up with pressure as i more i pull so i'm like okay something's there i'm like and i tell the guys okay we i think we got a swordfish here it's a small one and we get the gaff ready, and again the crew's all out there watching. And uh, as soon as I get the LP light, I'm using the LP light now, not a little mm-hmm. kids thing. As soon as I could see that light, man, that fish took off straight down, down. And I had <sighs> I had like four hundred feet of cord, and that cord just just Blistered. went into the water. It like matter of 30 seconds and i'm yet thank god the crew was out there because i'm yelling out put the other cord on there yeah 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 tie up so we tie that on all that's gone tie another one on all that's gone come on three cords so 1200 feet more than 1200 feet just down so i'm like okay now we got something Something big here. I don't know. Get it. Yeah, I pull it up. Yeah, it's about 45 minutes to an hour. We get it pulled up. Only? That's impressive. Yeah. And get it up where I, again, see the light. I'm like, okay, it's on the light. Get the gaff ready. Nah, man, he wasn't ready. He went straight down again. The whole line, everything down. Second time. You had to pull him back up. Again, another 45 minutes. Get him back up. Well, this time. I was like, okay, we should be seeing a light soon. Tie the volleyball back on. Because originally we... Let it fight the towel. Yeah, yeah. so we put the ball on. And again, take it out. Okay, go. You want to play? Let's play. Let him fight the ball. Yeah. And that's like 35, 40 pounds of pressure, the flotation. That ball just go, bloop, 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 bloop. It's gone. And again, just I'm like, Jesus so now we're fighting back and forth. I'm, uh, we're tired. The guys are tired. So we get it back up. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. If we lose it, we lose it. We don't tie another top poly ball in there. We're talking about 70 pounds of pressure. Yeah. Both balls go and go bloop. Chief Brody board. That was it. Was funny because the chief mate said, as soon as he saw both balls go down, it's like I think we need a bigger bow. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, everybody just started laughing. Thank God. But um, no, the two balls eventually worked, and we got them up, and then finally saw the fish, and we had the gaff ready. Thank God we had the flying gaff ready. Yeah, yeah. The captain was on that. I'm like, okay, just sink them in the head, you know, as we all learn. The swell's up, and the ship's down, and then he ends up gaffing it in the tail. (laughs) And I I remember screaming, I'm like, God, now we can't get the gaff out because, you know, there's a bar on it. Like, we're... So this thing's got a gap sticking in its tail the whole time? So it was actually, towards the tail is actually a a harder meat. Right. 
So I think it actually ended up being the better spot. And we took that up, you know, a couple stories and like 15 crew members, and we just pulled it up as quick as we could. The gaff actually bent out, but thank God it was quick enough. And How far from the water line to the deck? Yeah, seriously. I don't know. That's like 32 feet. Yeah. Th- How'd you come up 32? Like, <laughs> yeah, thir- thir- <laughs> 30 feet Sounds was probably right. well, I mean, easy. Yeah. When you go by ships and you're looking, yeah, and you're like, let's go 30 feet. Uh, you know. Depending on the load. Yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah. that. But yeah, I think the free board was around there. Yeah. yeah. Definitely was not a sport fish where it's, you just got a couple right. feet to fly. I'd love to have a video the, of that with the sword fish hanging down. You know, I'm going to ask the one question everyone wants to know then at this point. How big was that fish? Uh, We measured it out and it. It should have been over 300. Yeah. That's nice. Again, I don't. Have he has it. a picture, so there is uh, proof. Uh, no, no. I'm, listen, I, I wouldn't doubt that story for one second. Well, yeah. But that's, but it was that's def- a 300 pound swordfish yeah. on the hand line, and that's impressive. But it was it was fun. The whole crew came out, helped. I got a, I remember a couple guys took turns. You know, I, originally I was on the hand line back and forth. A couple guys came on there and. You know, adding lines, subtracting line, adding balls. It was wow. So it was a fun. That's a I think one. everybody on that ship will remember that. Yeah. For uh, they'll be telling their grandkids about that. Yeah, that for sure. Fish. Thanks for sharing that story with yeah. us. That That's a good one. Awesome. So you're not in Guatemala yet, at this point in your life, uh, are you? Oh, at this point, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that that was like mm, maybe five years ago. Oh, five. Oh, so that was a recent story. Yeah, that's, oh, a, wow. that's a more recent one. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Wow. So, all right. So then I want to go back then. So you're 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 going then from Hawaii, right, or Hawaii, and then you're going to go to Guatemala right from there. Or you did some shipping lines before, right? So, in between that, right, and then well, then you went to Guatemala to join Chris, right? So I graduated the Maritime Academy. I went back to Hawaii, fished out of Kiwala Basin a mm-hmm. bit with. The guys we used and to fish. And that's where is that the that's the where the world record was caught, right? The blue, the world record, world record blue. Uh, I mean, in Hawaii, like where you used to fish out of, like wasn't like a oh oh the 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 what was that called eighteen eighteen oh two? You talking about yeah? That's the Cor- Cor- Cornelius Choice uh, yeah. fish. A monster. Yeah, hey, I'm yeah, just trying monster. to give a little background of like that where, was where the you same marina, from. right? Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Korean Sea. Yeah, Korean okay. right, right, exactly. Right. Yep. That there's a lot of debate on that fish, <laughs> not on weight or anything, but how they caught it. How actually, caught oh, okay. It, yeah. gotcha. A good interesting fact was uh, it was a female deckhand that was on that on that uh, boat. Really? Yeah, no one. I don't know why no one talks about that, but it was, yeah, it was a female. That is an interesting fact. Yeah. Nice. The, if you look at the pictures too, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a great picture of the fish hung up. Yeah. Um. Everybody's like wearing nice clothing like just you know on vacation and mm-hmm. you look in the background I, I don't know if they have a sailfish or stripe marlin, but it was like a large i think it was like if you look at it it was like a state record mm-hmm. some other i don't remember if it was, it was a sailfish or a striped marlin but something was happening those days that that led up to that a fish. Wave of fish came in but they uh, yeah exactly a wave but um a lot of locals believe that they hooked a yellowfin tuna, and then that fish ate that tuna. Oh, and, really? And it choked on it. Gotcha. Because the story was is they they fought that fish, and it came up dead, and it came off. 
and they had the circle around the gaffet. Really? Right. That kind of lines up with it choking on a, yeah. on a fish. Yeah, a little bit. And then there's some other people that believe that it no, just because it did come up. I guess they did catch it on a large lure. Mm-hmm. But some people say no, it just upchucked a, a yellowfin tuna that they. If that's that the ate. case, I mean, that's that almost sounds like that holds some water there. Yeah. Anyway, but when I yeah. me- I remember as a kid, they it was the story was they hooked the fish uh, a, a tuna and then that eighteen oh five. But it wasn't a world record. Well, they they took turns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The fish yeah. And, but anyways, it's still. Yeah. No. They, I, I mean, I mean that, like I said, I just want to give some context record, of like yeah, the, the area where that, you come that, from. It was a heck of a catch. There, be, no, right, no matter right, how right. you slice it, it was a heck of a catch. For sure. For sure. But yeah. The reason I wanted to bring that up is because I just wanted to kind of like, because we're kind of telling your story here today, and that's where you come from, but then you move over to Guatemala, and you accomplish some great things in your right. time there. You're still accomplishing some great things, obviously. Uh, we're here today almost celebrating your achievement um, as being recognized by the Billfish Foundation um, and all the, the sailfish releases that you've had. Um, and I do want to talk here probably from here on out about your time in Guatemala and everything that you've achieved so far. Um, and you know, yeah, you, you know, achieving like the time with your brother and, and all the great moments and memories that you guys have had there. And, you know, and then looking at life and going, man, this is really, this is my path in life. And, you know, and going back to the, how we opened up this whole talk about with that quote about, you know, average versus good and, and excellent and elite and um, you then take all this foundation that you built for yourself and growing up in Hawaii, you know, being a billfish mate at a very young age, um, going through the schooling and laying your foundation as a true waterman and, and, and sailor and, and the whole thing. And um, and then you know, where do you take that? You know, and really passion speaks for itself when it comes to you, I'm sure. And I don't think we even really need to get into that because I think that's just really obvious. Um, and then you go to Guatemala and you settle in here, and you really, you really take this place to another level. Right. You really do. Well, you and your brother both did. I think you, you and your brother. Uh, it, it was safe to say that you and your brother kind of really put Guatemala into this forefront of of bill fishing for the world. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to take credit for that. I would say my brother definitely. <clears throat> my brother paved the way for. Sure, you know a lot of Guatemala. There's several people. Uh, no, there's others. Kim, there's others. Ron Hamlin. No, there's no doubt. There's others. You know, t- uh, Tim Ch- Chode. Chode, opened Chode, it up. Chode yeah. was the founder. He I, started the yeah. whole deal. Yeah, but he brought in a lot of guys that um, that helped him. You know, Brad Phillips, Cuba mm-hmm. Louie, uh, Kiwi, and yeah. um, you know, it's. Uh, but Chris was a part of that, and he he brought me in. That's right. So I don't want to. Take no, too, no, no. Too much uh, credit. For the, that. Well, this is well. I'm kind of like talking like what? both of you when I say that. Right, right. No, no. And, and I'm trying. You know, I want to. I don't mind saying I, I want to follow in Chris's footsteps. He definitely. Uh, that's what he was into, and and I followed up with him on that. And just sure you did, you know. just like any any good little brother would do. Yeah, you yeah. know, what I mean, I have my big brother as well. Yeah. You know, for sure. And I and I know how that well, goes. I mean, but it's twenty twenty three coming up in two thousand eight. You're yeah. named Marlin Magazine's Captain of the Year, so it's not yeah. like you just came up. Yeah. You know. And it, the separation between him, I mean, we were what like seven years apart, so it was 
I don't want to say we're just brothers, but you know, he was more of a father figure than yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. that, you know. So a lot of that Guatemala midway that was just basically following his footsteps and a lot of knowledge that I have to this day basically came in a lot of conversations that we had. I mean, him and I got into probably more arguments than agreements about what we're going to do, you know, what, 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 why was this good? Why was that bad? What we should be doing? But I mean, that, that kind of chose our path and made us better mm-hmm. in uh, our disagreements. I know to this day, he, I don't want to, I know you want to do Guatemala, but there's to no. This you day, talk about whatever you want. Trust well, me. I'm sorry. a springboard for you. That's so uh, all. it kind of brings up a uh, an argument that we had in Midway. Um, you know, again, it was bouncing ideas off each other. I remember uh, coming up to a charter. Uh, we were catching a lot of fish that were about in the 400 pound range, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the other captain on the other boat was making fun of us because we were using uh, 130s every day. Mm-hmm. And he was using 80s, and his clients were, you know, you catch a 400 pound, you can catch that yeah. on, a, on an 80, no problem. You know, now they catch that on a 50. Yep. Not a problem. But so Chris took some <clears throat> offense to that, and he said, okay, for this next charter, we want, let's pull out the 80s. And man, we had one of the biggest arguments <laughs> we've ever had in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, we are here for one reason for catch. that for that one fish for the one fish, right?" And that's the reason why in Hawaii you, you yeah. catch wahoo or you know my my on one thirties because everybody you know small lures, big lures, any time of the year. You the never next, know when you, that big big ass fish you is going to bite. No. Yeah, you do not and know at, at Midway Atoll. It could happen. So it ended up over several rum drinks and a long night. We had both agreed that we would put the 130s on the corners, short, you know, short corner, long corner. 80s on the riggers. Uh, 80s on the riggers. It's <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I'm the deckhand, so I'll, uh, I'll agree to that. Reluctantly, the third day after some slow fishing, third day we saw the biggest fish of our life. To my life, his life, yeah, obviously his life, but that fish was 15 or more. Really? Yeah. On an 80. Ended up being on an 80, and it not only was it an 80. Because, <laughs> of course, it, but it was it's not I, on the 130. It was an IGFA 80. Yeah. Because we were looking for records, too. Wow. Which everybody should be fishing for that one fish. Right. Because you never know when it's coming. So, like, I fish IGFA line because... I don't know. want to be embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's like, true. Yeah, hey, yeah. Man, no, you know, I didn't like, have oh, man, you're fishing me, and we didn't fish IGFA line. Like, you know, like, uh, we just caught this fish, and it doesn't, what do you, what, you know, I would look, uh, that just wears me out. And I, you know, the manufacturer stated line thing just. Right. If you're going to be out there, and you've got a chance to be in that spot, right. I think you should, you owe it to your clients to be fishing IGFA line. I don't disagree with that at all. You know. Yeah, you, you got to be prepared for, you know. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I think, the, I, just I, you two guys at the table alone, right? Just, just speaking for you guys here, when you get to the level of, of this that you guys are at and fish the way you do, because you come to play. You know, if you come to play, then you got to be prepared, right? And 100%. I think that that's really what it comes down to. The thing was, that at that point, I think in our lives, my brother's life, and that, 
We just wanted that fish. Yeah, Didn't right. matter how we got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Didn't matter. Okay. I think nowadays we want that IGF, you know, that record. But I was 18 years old. I mean, I I was just a kid. I remember to this day sitting on that salon. I mean, it was rough water. And I saw it was a long rigger. And it was on a, uh, it was actually on a mold, purple and black mold craft. Wide range? Believe, yeah, wide range. Of Jesus. Of I mean, it, the, the, the cheapest lure we had out. But can get bit. Yeah. It, it, Can't argue with it. It runs great anywhere you put anywhere it. Anywhere you put it. Mm-hmm. It's wide range is the, the lure. But this, no toothpicks. This, this, no, no toothpicks in that one. <laughs> Don't put a toothpick in it. That'll <laughs> screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> but this head just comes out of the water, and I'm like running out to the I'm like, big. I'm yelling, big. I must have been stuttering because he didn't hear me because – as soon as it started jumping 30 seconds later, he's like, oh, my God, that's a big – I'm like – the video even had me yell, yeah, man, you know. And uh, it was eight hours we were on that fish. It ended, ended up chewing through the, the leader. I had it, I had it on, up on – What a heartbreaker. Yeah. And, again, I was 18. I, I had it on a leader a couple times. I couldn't hold it. I pull, popped my shoulder out of the socket. I tried to hold on. Wow. Yeah. But uh, there was only so much pressure we could put on it. And uh, looking back on it, it was we should have had a 130 on it. Yeah, and it never right. failed. We I think it Chris lived. Chris and I together we told that story together a handful of times. And I always looked back on it like I could have leadered that fish better. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 18. I've only seen so many fish over 800. I should have done my techniques of leadering better and he always looked at it back like we should have had a 130 on it yeah so we always took our own faults you know it's really funny how but that's fishing man I mean, that, that's the thing you, I mean, know, you, that, that's you exactly lose a fish right. you know a hundred times yeah. hundred ways you could have caught that absolutely fish. absolutely but it's it's and then you're waiting for that like i tell you re- my takeaway from that story though in, in that last comment you just made it's like a yeah great memory with your brother right for sure, and you take that with you for as long as you live, and but you're arguing at first, and it's it always Let's never be- ceases to amaze you how how fish can humble you, <laughs> yeah, and it well, basically humbled def- you yeah. both into agreeing with each other, yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, you, you took a brotherly argument, and that that fish basically made you guys love each other again. It took, a couple, never, it, it took a couple of years. Yeah, well, hey, you know, it, listen. I bet you was there was a, a few fish. rums, too. It was yeah, a big yeah, fish. Actually, that's when the story came <laughs> out. Like, we refused to tell that story until probably 10 years later and several rums. And, yeah. And then I would say, man, I should have done this. And he said, yeah, but you were right. I'm like, well, yeah, but yeah. Right when did you first? <laughs> yeah. When did you first start fishing for billfish on fly? On fly? Mm-hmm. Uh, Guatemala. Um, yeah, obviously directly with your influence, your brother on that one, I'm assuming. Right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually remember that to the day. It was, uh, on the intensity, first season, I think it was my second charter. So, again, I'm just getting used to the bait and switch. I, I don't know much about bait and switch, period. Right. Now, I'm, they got me, uh, Jim got me a charter for fly fishing. Uh, like, I don't know. What, what are you supposed to do? And I remember sitting down with Chris saying, 
what do I do? How do you, I know you slow the boat down. You go, you have to go in neutral. They got a cast. And he, he like kind of went through the scenario a couple times, but there's only so much you can say. He said, basically, he said, you know what? Just do everything to help out the mates. Okay. And he had this, at that time, my mate was his mate for several years on the magic it was a 31 game fisherman. Um, he said, just watch him and make it easier for him. Mm-hmm. Best advice I got. We ended up catching, I think, 10 one day, which Butterfly. is yeah, still pretty good. That's way good. Wow. Hey, you, today I take you fly fishing, and you catch 10 sailfish on, on fly. Yeah. Uh, well, we had a yeah. bang up day. Sure. That's a great and day. It was like my, day. That's my, a bang up trip. Yeah, it was like my second day, and I basically just. Did everything to help my mate out, you know. So that's where the learning curve came in. Watch the mates do this. Now I got an appreciation what they're doing. Now it kind of slowly snowballed after that. Fly fishing for billfish, I'll always say from that day on, it is 100% teamwork. Okay. It's not like your Brad Pitt in Miami or Miami in uh, Montana fling right. into to yeah, rainbow so trout through it Rim, yeah wherever runs through it you're not all by yourself you're you're it's a team effort from the fish to the mates to the captain to the now you're casting everything got the lined up line up you know right yeah it um it, it always does amaze me you know, with the catching and sail and fly i have yet to do it um but I mean, after this podcast, I think I'm gonna have to take a trip to Guatemala and go fish with you down there. And, and well, catch a few yeah. on bait. Get get your get, get it out. Get right. it out of your system. Yeah. The numbers thing. That's usually where it starts. You got to right. get rid of the numbers thing. You've caught a bunch. Now let's you know add some pizzazz to it. Yeah. The thing about fly fishing is you're not gonna catch as many. Sure. But the all action happens. Yeah. You know, 15 feet away from the boat, you're gonna see the bite. Mm-hmm. You, you're gonna have to. Ray Charles can see the bite. You know, it's just right, right at your feet. Right. So. So yeah, when that's you're in this fly fishing deal, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of stuff online, like I have, where uh, guys are fly fishing for, uh, saying they're fly fishing, but the boat's still moving ahead pretty rapidly. I've seen some of your videos where you're in neutral, the boat's slowed down, and you're actually seeing the fish bun boat, and. uh that's just a stickler with a lot of people. Um, there's there's a, that whole thing with, you know, a 60-foot boat still moving through the water, making eight knots, and you throw drop the fly in the water, and you're trolling the fly. Um, what you're doing, the fly drops, strip, and you get a bite. Right. Well, it's, it's difficult to make opinion on a video because it's depending on a certain bite. You know, some fish are finicky. Some fish are aggressive. If I start seeing super aggressive fish, I'm slowing down. As soon as the fish comes up and I see the mate grab the rod and he's got control of the rod, I'm slowing the boat down. And as soon as it looks like they're in a good spot, neutral, I'm yelling cast. As long as the boat is in neutral and you yell cast, technically you're fly fishing. Now, if a blue marlin comes up, I ain't slowing down. I'm waiting till the very last second and I'll throw that boat into neutral and cast because blue marlin want speed period mm-hmm. so it's hard it's hard to tell some guy i mean i've seen it yeah on videos where 
guys are making casts and you see the white water in the back it is plowing away plowing it's like man you're still in gear bro but it's i look at some of my videos where i'm in i know i'm in neutral i mean it's a it's a habit i throw as soon as i neutral i yell cast but you know sometimes it does look like the boat's still going you know you still see a little white water so it's hard to make judgment on other people's videos and if they are if they're not i mean the only way you know for sure is the guy that's got his hands on the controls it's tough hmm. and some guy you know to me i've seen it before where accidentally i'll put the boat well i'll put the boat back in the gear to do a recast and the fish bites i tell you what those bites are horrible because they're usually from behind mm-hmm. yeah straight right so we're i mean we're looking for where the fish is closer to the boat than the fly so they have to turn around and eat the fly going away the inside of the right yeah, you right. want that you want that sidewards bite or going away bite mm-hmm. yeah you know if if they're coming towards you and they bite that's no bueno right you want that you know we're using j hooks on on that fly so mm-hmm. you you don't want that you know they're not they're not going to swallow feathers yeah correct the feathers yeah. don't don't taste right <laughs> so <laughs> definitely not so, so yeah, it's, it's hard to make, ch- I remember seeing YouTube videos in the past. And I'm like, Hey, these guys are claiming to catch this. But after a few years, it's like, whatever, man, yeah, do your thing. Yeah. But I will always tell guys that are fly fishing me for the first time, we're going to do it legit. We're going to skirt the rules. I mean, I'll, I'll, if I have to, I'll, I'll keep that boat in gear to the last second, mm-hmm. but you're going to make a cast in neutral and if we lose speed i'll put that boat back in the gear but we're gonna cast again and do it all over again so again it's a it's a teamwork thing mm-hmm. you know for sure it's not just me up there driving the boat it's not just the mate teasing them in it's not the guy just ca- it's it's a and it's the fish too the fish has to be the right fish we, we i mean there'll be the bite will be on in an area but they're not good for the fly we got to search for the fish that are good for the fly. There, we got to look for the aggressive ones. So, sometimes that's not where the the the, the heart of the fish are at. We got to go where they're aggressive. Hmm. I don't. I don't. We could see thirty fish in a day and catch one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's not good. That's not the fish that we want. You can see ten fish and catch eight of them. Well, those were the fish. So it's not just simple just fishing. It's it's. I don't. It's more of an art form, I guess. There you go. Okay. It just Damn. came full circle for me. Yeah, there we go. Man, look at that. He brought it in. I, I did, didn't I? I like that. <laughs> art. So, so listen. All these years, right? Yeah, everything we talked about today, really. And to bring it full circle, you just brought up the art form. I love that. But tough, tough question. It's so hard to answer. Right, let me take a sip here. Yeah, take a sip. Tough, tough question. So hard to answer. What is all this meant to you? I know, yeah, I know. Tough question. Oh, tough question. What is all this meant to you leading up to, and let me but let me kind of tail that off though. What is all of this meant to you in the regards of, like you took this path, right? And you followed your brother. Okay, basically. Um. You diverted a little bit. You did your own thing and anything like that. But then you coming full in. circle and converge oh, yeah. back in, right? What has all this meant to you leading up to it 
you lost your brother, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we all lost your brother. All right. And that's the truth. And then you follow up and, and you probably don't want me to say this or hear this, but you're picking up where he left off. Absolutely. Okay. And being honored as a top captain by the Billfish Foundation this year, I think is a storybook in itself. It really, truly is. And that is probably the biggest reason why I'm really proud to have you in here today because you walked the line, right? And you picked it up and you achieved this and it's fucking huge. Okay. And I want to say congratulations to you. I appreciate that. And I have the deepest, deepest respect for you. Thank Give you. me your thoughts on what all that means to you. Well, I mean, just actually when you're just saying that, I kind of, kind of makes sense a bit. But I, I would say when when Chris was alive, I, I was just following in his footsteps, you know. Um, you know, he was big in photography. He was big into, you know, he. He was big time. And we would have conversations, talk. And I was content with just, hey, big brother, you got it, man. We we were always competitive. Every day we fished together, whether it was on the same boat, on a different boat, we were competing. But it was friendly comp- competition. Um, you know, midway, even that day where we argued, we had differences of opinion, and we, you know, it was, <clears throat> even when we were on the same boat, we were competing. You got the right side, I got the left side. I remember Blue Marlin comes up on his side. I was upset. <laughs> we caught the same fish, but, you know, <laughs> friendly competition. Um, I mean, since he's, he passed, I don't know, I, I guess I have a different view of fishing. I never wanted to be in the limelight, do, you know, his thing where, I mean, not, not, I was kind of, you know, number two behind him, but it's, I don't want to say it's a tribute, but yeah, I, I feel like I have to keep his memory going. Lacey's definitely has been helping me out with that, you know, with the, I mean, I don't know if I'd be here with you guys if it wasn't for Lacey. You know, it's. We never know when you're out of Guatemala, so. so. Well, (laughs) or on a ship catching swordfish and off Zanzibar with your own two hands. (laughs) Right, but it was never public knowledge until you know. You know, it's. Yeah, I feel like I have to keep his memory going, and it's basically now what I do is is him. You know. Yeah. Everything I know, everything I've done is because of him. So I got to keep that going. I mean. Right, yeah. Absolutely. So, so one thing that we always attempt to it's do, tribute. I got, I got, sure. I got. I mean, the award. I didn't do it. He did it. You know, anything I basically do, any successes that I have is because of him. Well, because he, he taught me everything. Yeah, know? but you absorbed it and took it and went with it and did your own yeah, thing. Yeah, but the, so the, the doors, the doors didn't open. Yeah, no, that he opened them. Yeah, I didn't open them. He did. You know, the things that I know is. Because of him or the experiences that he, you know, 
provided to me. So the old saying, I, I got, I got, I got to keep that going. You can lead a horse to water. Right. You yeah. took the drink and well, went with yeah. it. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying there, there's, you know, you took it the next way too. So, hats off to you, and you should, uh, you should be proud of that on your own. Well, right. It's probably because, the best story of generational you know, wealth I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Or, you know, yeah. Or at least the idea of it. So, yeah. um, one thing that we always try to do on this show or even as a company as a whole because connected by water is deeper than just being an art studio and that's one thing we always try to achieve here is to get underneath the surface because i say it time and time again that the people in hollywood don't matter to me these are the people that matter to me these are my heroes these are my famous people and i want to tell their story i want to record this and document this for history and i always want to understand your heart and thank you for giving that to us today because to me, yeah. fishing is deeper than just catching fish. Um, the actual catching of the fish is just a very small part of what we do. Um, and that's what it means to be connected by water. And I want to thank you for coming in today. And Lacey, I want to thank you greatly for hooking us up and making this happen, being our bartender today. Yeah, of right? course. And, um, you know, and, and it's just always a pleasure to see you anyway. So I'm stoked just for that reason alone. Um, and Carl, I got I got one question. Yeah, please, are are you uh, are we gonna are we gonna command performance at the Beach Haven White Marlin Invitational Tournament? Or are you coming back with run that <laughs> game for sure? Come on, man! <laughs> got to get this Guatemala guy comes yeah, up to no, Beach Haven, sure. New Jersey. I for mean, sure. that's you know that's my hometown. You got to be up there this year too. So yeah, right. well, it's a special place. You know, it's my hometown, and uh, it's a nice and, area. I tell you know, that much. That's and, for uh, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna be sleeping in the cockpit of the Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> Anyway, well, um, uh, I, yeah. hope, I hope we see you up there, man. I oh, hope we see you up uh, there, and I know Lacey will be up, and and uh, Jim with the Game Fisherman folks coming, and right, of course our our buddy uh, Bernard's building a fifty-five, and yeah, we got the fifty-five in the works right now, right? Yeah. We're yes, saying, we right, have the actually three of them at release, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Jim and Turner, look, so Jim Turner's so been pretty. working hard. Yeah, so yep. yeah, we got to get and Jim in here. I know, and we owe a lot to Jim too. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. have met Mike if it wasn't for Jim Turner yeah. either. And obviously, kind of he's my boss too. Haven. But yeah. I, lo yeah. I love him as a human as well. Jim Jim <laughs> opened actually a lot of doors for my brother. At yeah, beginning of Guatemala. Sure. Jim's awesome. I mean, it really just even yeah. just hanging out with him that one night in the casino up there in Atlantic City. Just just great guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and really, he was really Mike's original boss. Right. Actually, he owned Mike's Game Fisherman. Uh, and then what intensity, sold it? Right. Sold intensity to him mm -hmm. 16 years ago. Yep, yep, yep. Nice. So he's been full circle. Guatemala. Again, full circle. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. now 17. Is this the 17th I don't year? Know, man, it's, there? it's after 10 years. It yeah, right. doesn't. Yeah, yeah 10 yeah, years yeah, is yeah, the yeah, monster. Right. Right. Everything else is <laughs> just kind of gray after that. But yeah, that was a full circle. Jim and Chris, and that's when I was running the intensity, yeah. and then. Eventually, all things lead in the one and the river runs through it, right? Right, right. That's what right, they say. Right. Let's, let's not be Brad Pitt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. <laughs> cool. All right. So, people can fish with you, right? Of course they can. Right? And they're yeah. going to go down to the Intensity Lodge. Intensity right? Lodge, Guatemala. Yep. IntensitySportFishing.com. Right. Welcome anybody to check it out. Yeah, and I could say, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast and you don't want to fish with Mike, then you're a fool. <laughs> yeah. right? That's all I got that's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um all right, I want to thank a couple of our sponsors here today that we didn't thank in the beginning. We do have to name our do gooder, right? Our and if you'll you'll just um entertain me, um or whatever, you know what I mean. 
I'm loving this Papa's Pilar. Are you really? Oh, yeah. It's good, isn't it? I know it? Mike is, Are you drinking too. the sherry cast? Yeah. It's no. like a chicken in uh, the dark? The dark, yeah. Yeah, the dark that's the all one good. That's, oh, wait, the one that's empty? I am empty? drinking the sherry. Yeah. Yes. Sherry the one that, oh, the one, that, the one that we finished? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Throw the, throw the lid off. I tell Dennis, we start this deal, throw the lid off. Let's go. All right, this week's Starbright Solutions do-gooder is Nicholas Sanzone, who is an environmental programs coordinator at the City of Satellite Beach City Hall. And he is also the go-to person for the many ongoing research projects at Samson's Island. And Corey has had the privilege of working side-by-side with Nick in freezing and hot water. And But no matter what, rain or shine, his positive attitude shines through. If anyone deserves a do-gooder, high five, he does. So Starbright um, basically awards him with our bucket of fun which we bring out every episode right that's got all of our goodies in there and all environmentally friendly products and i think that's the best part about that company as we always say it's like not only are they environmentally friendly they're also really really effective so it's it's a win-win so thank you to digger i want to also thank you to the w sauce i can say unequivocally um yanni had just dipping his chips in the w sauce before um, the episode started and uh, we used it on Christmas and um, it was it's just great just to dip those little chicka bites in there um, you know we got the fire shower the vegan shower but I am a biggest fan of America's Worcestershire so we're very America's happy Worcestershire. yeah to have the W sauce on board and Finor sunglasses which basically if I'm outside they're on my face right you have them on your head yep and um, great lenses you know, yeah, great lenses, great frames, great product. Yep, and, great tackle. And um, then they definitely see fish. Great history company. Yep, yep. absolutely, 100%. So we want to thank them for being a part of our family. And we definitely want to thank, if you're in a market for a new truck or vehicle, you go over to Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and pick yourself up a new vehicle. Um, it is the holiday time of year. So, you know, what can I say? Buy your wife an awesome present, right? Like um, the Wagoneer. The wagon here. It's a good one. <laughs> it's pretty solid, right? And of course, Lacey already mentioned Papa's Pilar Rome. We're very happy to be part of the Papa's Pilar family. Yep. Um, and we love that they're keeping the Hemingway tradition alive and remind us of never to be a spectator. And that sounded like a record autopilot, but I do want to say one thing about the Papa's Pilar family. Actually, I can say a thousand things about the Papa's Pilar family. But, you know, Mike, Steve, Nick, Johnny, all those guys over there. Um, they're just the best yep. and they really took care of everyone over the holidays. They got a great when product. You're, when you're part of, yeah, but they took care of us. So when you're part of the Papa's Pilar family, yep. you know, you really know it. So I want you to know that that is definitely, when you buy a bottle of rum, you're not only buying into just the best bottle of rum there is on the market, you're buying into a family that really does take care of their people. So yep. we're definitely proud of that. And if you're in the area of Lighthouse Point, also visit Papa's Raw Bar. You can sample something from the Connected by Water sushi menu. And if you want a new boat, if you want a new big boat? Release Boatworks or Game Fisherman? There you go. Absolutely. Um, custom built, handcrafted. Lovely, Absolutely. lovely, lovely, right? In the lovely town of Egg Harbor, New Jersey. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Keeping the boat building tradition of New South Jersey alive. That's that's, uh, that's an important thing. It's a and, rich you know, tradition in South Jersey. And I got to say, just from the experience of being in the last couple of years, that is a great fishery and just some of the great greatest people. Um, they, they do have a passion for it. Yep. Up there, and, and that's always great to see. Incredible history. Yep, 100%. Um, Mike? Thank you for having me here. Thanks, man. You know, I, I appreciate Anytime you opening you up your heart to us today and, and just sharing all that and sharing those great stories, and it's been really a pleasure having you in here. 
And um, I mean, it's it's really been a great pleasure having you in here. So um, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, All right. You good? All good. Your ego is not your amigo. Always do your best. And then at the end of the day, just let God do the rest. And do not ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're all connected Connected by by water. water. Let's go. Let's go.